I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everybody, K Golasso time. Tottenham tries to come back uh, from that Liverpool loss as they host Leicester City, Southampton against Man City. Will Mikel Arteta lose his job? if Arsenal lose against Everton. And we also have a ridiculous Bundesliga matchup as Bayer Leverkusen host Bayern Munich. We've got Serie A, CONCACAF Champions League semi-finals, all of it in our weekend preview with Jimmy Conrad and Igor Melo, which begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo, our weekend preview. My man, Jimmy Conrad in the house. Jimmy, what's up, brother? Nothing, just chilling. How are you guys? Oh my God, you're so chill, bro. Like, chill. Normally, <laughs> is I'm it chillaxing, like baby. I'm chillaxing. Today's your super chill, man. LA, Jimmy, Cali, <laughs> Cali, Jimmy. Is that what it is? That's well for now, for the time being. I could, I could get triggered later. So just a warning for everybody. Oh, it will definitely happen. And making his debut on Que Golazo, Igor Mello, assistant managing editor, producer, writer. I mean, he's just an all-around CBS legend. Igor, what's up, buddy? How's it going, fellas? I want to be where Jimmy is right now, really, uh, <laughs> uh, with about a week or so left before the year's over. So basically well, how I feel right now. <laughs> we, we all want to be there, right? Uh, absolutely. And listen, I'm freezing my butt out here as well uh, in NYC. But hey, let's begin the weekend preview, uh, Jimmy, Igor. But we begin briefly. Let's just talk a little bit about uh, FIFA, the best uh, every time I say it, I just have to go FIFA, the best award. <laughs> um, you know, nothing too uh, crazy here, I guess. I guess the biggest talking points. Um, let's begin with the manager of the year award, Jurgen Klopp, beating out Hansi Flick from Bayern Munich. Um, Jimmy, how do you see that? F fair play to Jurgen Klopp, or do you think Hansi should have taken it? I think that Jurgen Klopp should have been there with regard to competing for the top spot, but Hansi Flick coming in mid-season to help right the ship. Obviously, some very talented players, but allowing the team to kind of get out of its own way to win the treble, yeah, I think that's pretty sweet. And no disrespect to winning the Premier League for the first time in 30 years. But I just think that's more of an accomplishment in multiple competitions as opposed to just the Premier League. Yeah. Igor, what, what do you think? I mean, the guy won the Bundesliga the Pokal, the Champions League, Super Cup. He won just about everything. He was the UEFA manager of, of the year, and he did not win FIFA manager of the year. I think that's kind of a big snub out of the uh, all, all, all of the awards that we saw today. All right. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, are you, are you I'll tell you... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just, I, the, I think the argument for Flick too is like he he took over a side that was not looking good, right? I mean, Bayern Munich should be always destroying people and the fact that he's just entered this thing, I mean, it, fair play to Jurgen Klopp, but it's not like his first season with them, right? So maybe that's the, but you know, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on what you prioritize when it comes to the titles and to Igor's point, Hansi Flick did win a lot right there. What, what do you think, Jimmy? 
Uh, no, Hansi Flick definitely has the trophies to back it up. Jurgen Klopp should be commended for doing that. Obviously, it's history in a lot of different ways, especially for Liverpool itself as a club. I'm actually almost more disappointed that Marcelo Bielsa got third leading Leeds back to the premiership than like Gasparini, who somehow with no type of budget whatsoever, got his team to a Champions League quarterfinal and got unlucky to lose the PSG in that game. And obviously all the success, the highest scoring team in Serie A, uh, scoring bunches of goals, almost broke the record for goals in a season. I mean, there's something that I think Gasparini got snubbed a little bit, not even being in the top three. Yeah, I, I it, when it came out and Bielsa was out, I was like, why is Gasparini not here? That's ridiculous. Uh, absolutely. It, it almost... Sorry, it almost felt like the people that watched the Leeds documentary decided to just like nominate him as, <laughs> as a top three. Like, okay, this guy's buzzing. He's I am so in love with this. Yeah. Amazon all or nothing. We gotta give it to them. <laughs> hey, by the way, never apologize to chime. Like every Jimmy always interrupts me. I interrupt Jimmy. You just go in there, brother. See, this is a problem, everybody. Igor's too nice. We're gonna make him real mean on Kego Lasso. So next time, Igor, you just be like, Jimmy, shut up. I'm gonna talk. I appreciate that, man. It's all love. Yep, it's all love. Yep. All right. Well, okay. Let's talk about the other part and then we'll move on about the matches because there's plenty of matches to look ahead to in the weekend. But um, let's talk about, well, Lewandowski, rightly so, won uh, Male Player of the Year. Well done. Also, well done to Lucy Bronze as well for uh, Female Player of the Year as well. I wanted to talk about the Pushkas Award. Uh, I know one person does. Uh, listen, Huming Son, um, it's a ridiculous goal uh, that he does against Burnley. Um, I believe Luis Suarez as well was part of it. Uh, but Igor, I think he, your Flamengo ness w- w- wanted to come up here. There's, you thought that uh, you thought your boy, your Uruguayan boy, got robbed. Yeah, I think being a Flamengo fan, um, I have to say that uh, Arascaeta's goal, a bicycle kick near the edge of the box, the corner of the box, to me. And, and let's be clear here: every goal scored in the Pushkas nominees are incredible, incredible goals. But I think when, when you got a man upside down, flying in the air, kicking the ball, I think that might be just a tad bit more impressive than someone who obviously plays for the premier league. Uh, The talent levels obviously higher there. Um, So I think he gets some bonus points for that, but I think the, the feat to accomplish a a crazy bicycle kick goal like Arascaeta did, I think that's tough to match. Jimmy, you're, you're a player. You played before. To you, which one is tougher, uh, bicycle or making a, a, a So, So my only issue like – yeah, I, I'm, thanks for bringing it in my direction. My only issue is with regard to the Hingman Sun goal, yes, an incredible solo effort. But I always look at things through a defensive lens. I was a former center back, so everything kind of comes through that perspective. And the defending on that play is so bad – for Hingman's son that uh, I, it's hard for me to, to, to want to warrant that type of award to him, obviously a great goal. You know, that, that point of the game where he picks it up, it's a long run. He seems to be gaining speed as he goes along. He's probably like, I can't even believe these guys are so bad at defending. It's probably what he's thinking. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but that, the, the, the type of technique it takes, like what that other goal was for Flamengo was it's almost indefensible, right? Because the skill is so high, the way that, it, so for me, that would be a much better choice. So I'm on your team here, Igor. God, I, appreciate you. I mean, listen, the overhead kick was just ridiculous. It's unreal. It was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I, w- I mean, if they gave it to, to him, I really wouldn't, I really wouldn't argue about that one. So, well, there you have it. FIFA best awards, uh, done and dusted, uh, a quick little, uh, break. And when we come back, some really, really good matches to look ahead, uh, this weekend. Stay right here. 
Welcome back, everybody. Jimmy Conrad, Igor Mello here. We are talking weekend action. A lot of really good stuff. Um, let's begin, Jimmy, obviously, in the Premier League. Um, the fast and furious Premier League right now uh, in December. Some good games. Nothing that, you know, no Liverpool, Tottenham's, nothing like that. But there are still some really good games with major complications. Where should we begin, Jimmy Conrad? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I kind of want to start with Spurs Lester. Why don't we, why don't we start there? Obviously okay. Spurs are feeling well, according to Jose Mourinho, a little hard done by that. They didn't get at least a draw in their game midweek against Liverpool. I don't know. 75% possession for Liverpool. They're dominating things. They're actually trying to do stuff, but Jimmy, I don't, Jimmy, I don't mind it so much. Jimmy, the best team lost. The best team lost. No, don't trigger me. No, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not taking that bait. I'm not taking that bait. <laughs> I thought that they actually played a perfect game as it pertains to Mourinho's tactics. And I know we discussed this already. I mean, they got their opportunities to win that game and they, they couldn't pull them off. But I just like that the attacking side of these two opponents were the, was the one that actually came out victorious. That's the game we should be celebrating, not the one that's super defensive, especially when he has a team, Luis and Igor, that he doesn't need to be that defensive. I think that's what triggers me the most. Anyway, I yeah. told you I didn't want to be triggered. Let's go to Spurs Leicester. Leicester are coming off a 2-0 loss at home to Everton. Everton are on back-to-back -back clean sheets, by the way, which is next level because they hadn't had one since the opening game of the season. So straight up, Spurs to win at home against Leicester plus 103. Pretty good value. If they want, if you feel in the draw, plus 260, plus 255 for Leicester to win straight up uh, away from home. They have the horses to do it. This is on William Hill, by the way. I kind of like, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this. I'm not a guy that likes to bet the under because you're like, oh, I don't want to see any goals. Like that just seems like a lame bet. But the under two and a half is plus 105. And Spurs, I think, are going to be probably locking things down as they do. I could see a 1-0 here, maybe even a 1-1, frankly. Uh, Hingman's son, if you want him to score any time, plus 110. It's pretty good. He's already, he's, he's number two in the goals in the, in the league. Number He might be tied for first now. Jamie Vardy to score any time, plus 110 as well, obviously. I mean, you got two guys getting pretty good value for that. Also, here's the, here are the two things. So I think Spurs are going to win this, ultimately. If you have Spurs win in under two and a half goals, you think it's going to be kind of tight. That's plus 380, which is pretty good. Spurs win in over two and a half goals. You want to see more goals like the rest of us do. That's uh, plus 180 for that to happen. So I kind of like that value when I think about this game overall. Leicester haven't been playing particularly well. Their recent results uh, when they've had like that run of three games, we're all against teams in the bottom half of the table. Not great. So, you know, they finally played somebody in Everton that was a little bit more organized and struggled. I think Spurs will do this. They're going to be kind of pissed about losing to Liverpool, and they're going to want to regain some of those points. So yeah. that's my thoughts on that. Well, uh, some good stuff there. Uh, this is the Sunday game, Sunday morning game, Tottenham against Leicester. Tottenham, by the way, there's major, I mean, top four implications. Tottenham is second, obviously looking to reclaim top spot. Leicester City in fourth place with 24 points. Um, and, and to your point, you know, Leicester at this moment have won just one of their last nine Premier League away games since uh, against Tottenham, actually. And... Tottenham have won five of their last seven Premier League meetings with Leicester, uh, netting 21 goals across these games. You know, uh, and to your point about defensive issues for, for Leicester City, um, I think they really miss uh, Castagna, you know, somebody that can provide a little bit more attacking power from the mm -hmm. defensive side. Uh, Igor, you know, this is obviously a, a big game on Sunday. It would help Tottenham tremendously, but you know, let's not forget Brendan Rodgers doesn't want to do what he did last year, which is he got so close to getting that Champions League spot and then it dropped down. How do you see this one? A little too close to the sun. Um, <laughs> this is this is a massive 
fixture for both teams. I think these festive fixtures, uh, when you get all these matches like three in one week like this, um, this separates the contenders from the pretenders, right? Um, so the, it's not a loser leaves town matchup, but you know, if whoever comes away with three points here, that's that's going to be massive for the title implications. And I think Tottenham's really reeling from that. You can say it was an unlucky loss at Anfield. Um, so I, I have Spurs winning here, but Vardy needs to show up if Lester has any chance of uh, winning this. Uh, he's due for another 20 goal season and he came up short um, last time out against Everton. Uh, uh, Lester need Vardy to show up here in order for them to have any sort of a chance. Yeah. So Jimmy, how, how do you see it? This is going to be their, you know, they have a nice break until they have to go full on again uh, during the Christmas Boxing Day period. Uh, how do you see this one? Uh, I think Spurs are going to bring it. I'll say Spurs win and the over two and a half goals. I could see a two one here. Uh, plus 180 is, is probably where I would lean my wagering. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be boring and agree. Ugh, Tottenham win, <laughs> uh, but I do see Jamie Vardy scoring in this one, but uh, I don't think it's enough for Tottenham you know, to beat Tottenham. So I think Spurs has that one. Let's stay in the Premier League here. Um, let's talk about Everton Arsenal for a second, just for okay. a second, okay? okay? Because Arteta loses this one. I mean, what happens? Igor? Igor? I mean, I, I think I think they're running out of patience here with Arteta, and and, and I'm I'm a Man City boy, and I love Arteta, right? Um, but you cannot you cannot afford to lose a game like this. You're ten points away from top four, and you're five points clear of the bottom three. Like mm. that's that's where we sit right now. If you're Arsenal, um, you're closer to the bottom than you are to the top. Um, this is a massive game for Arsenal. Uh, we've gotten to the point where it's kind of, the season's kind of been a wash for them. They're nowhere near uh, European contention um, in the top four, top six. And like we said, they're closer to the bottom right now. And they haven't won at Goodison since 2018. So Yeah. Jimmy, I should have begun with you because you got some nice uh, bets here. Do you have anything interesting from this one? I mean, it's a big, big game for Arsenal. You've mentioned before how Everton you know, doing so well. Chelsea win, Leicester City win. Now they're at home. Um, doesn't look good for Arsenal, if on paper at least. No, if any time Arsenal could play Everton, this is probably the worst time. They have, at least from my perspective, the Toffees have figured out a nice lineup. Unfortunately, it doesn't include Hamas Rodriguez. He's been out for the last two, and surprise, surprise, they have two clean sheets, which I think has kind of followed Hamas around in many ways, where he's a luxury player. We've talked about it before. He, he has been very good when he plays, but he doesn't necessarily do all the little things on the other side of the ball that – a little more thankless, you know, he's got great hair and he's got, he seems like he moisturizes his face. You know what I mean? Like the guy doesn't want to get into tackles and throw elbows and do some of the things that I think are necessary to have success in the Premier League. Uh, what's been interesting for me though, with this Everton team, and it looks like they will go into a five, four, one. I know that can morph into a couple different things, but they've been really, really sound defensively. So make, making this change, uh, they've got five in the back line, really hard to break down. I mean, they shut out Chelsea, and then a couple of days later, Leicester is two high two of the higher scoring teams in the league. That's really impressive. So if you think they're going to get a clean sheet, just straight up Everton over Arsenal, who have trouble scoring, by the way, uh, plus 210. If you think Arsenal somehow get a clean sheet against Everton, which we can all have a good laugh about that, probably not, but that's plus 275. The straight up odds, or if you want Everton win clean, straight up, it's plus 129. I don't mind that. Plus 245 for the draw, plus 210 for Arsenal. If you want Dominic Calvert-Lewin to score, I think he's going to get some good looks. Score anytime, that is, plus 115. Richarlson, who's for me makes a difference because when he plays, he's so unpredictable in some ways. 
I think that opens up space for Calvert-Lewin up top because they can't focus just on him anymore. Richarlison can come in. I know he's scored against Leicester. I know Casper Schmeichel will probably want that shot back. But I think Richarlison's a confidence guy. He finally gets a goal, and I think that he'll build off of that, especially against an Arsenal team, a defend, defensive team that are not that great. Uh, what One bet I really like, if you want Dominic Calvert-Lewin to score, Everton to win 1-0, 2-0, or 2-1, it's plus 550. I, th- I think they're going to hit that score line. I think they're going to hit one of those three score lines. And I think Do- Dominic Calvert-Lewin will score. Or if you're feeling like, ah, Jimmy, I'm not feeling Calvert-Lewin. He might cool off a little bit. They might focus on him too much, open up space for Charleston. You could have the same thing. With Charleston to score, Everton to win 1-0-2-0-2-1. That's plus 800. And I like either one of those two a lot. Yep. I mean, those are really good. Everton have kept a clean sheet in each of their last two home Premier League games against Arsenal. So, you know, uh, you know, if you wanted to go that route in terms of keeping the clean sheet, it could happen. What I saw against Southampton from Arsenal, as, uh, 10 men aside, is that when players like Holding, et cetera, get isolated, they get into real trouble. And that can happen a lot in this game because you have so many players that can like really... Co- Richard, you mentioned Richarlison. I mean... You have a one-on-one on him on the wing, just breaking in from an Arsenal perspective. It is over. I just, it's very difficult for me to have anything but either an Everton win or Arsenal holding on for a point. And if they lose, if Arsenal loses this game, is that it for uh, Mikel Arteta, Igor? I think he gets a few more games. Um, I don't think this is the one to decide it, but I do think that Everton will come up on top here and, 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 and win. Look for like Richarlison, the pigeon. Look for him to keep things going again. And um, but Mikel Arteta, the patience is wearing thin. I think he, I think he's got. I think they're going to give him until the, the end of the uh, transfer window in January to figure things out. Um, Ooh, I don't him. even know though, Igor. I, I, I mean, why? If you're going to bring in somebody else, why wouldn't you give that person the chance in the, the transfer window? I, I'll say this: there's two things. I don't think they're going to win this weekend because Gabriel's out. Their best defender got a red card. Of two foolish yellows and so he's out for a little while or just one game but Everton they play Everton this week they got Man City in the cup if they get knocked out of that Igor and Luis I think I think that's not going to help his cause by any stretch of the imagination especially because they've actually won an FA Cup with him before then they got Chelsea the week after that if they haven't won any of these three games and then they got Brighton right before the end of the year yeah say, say they just kind of stumble into Brighton Brighton slaps them around too I just I just don't know how you can keep him as a manager at that like they just clearly there's no buy-in it's not working. You got to bring in somebody else. And I've got, I know not one name for the job, everybody. His name is Arsene Wenger and Wenger in baby. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, uh, let's not stick on this game. I'll just tell you this one more thing about this game. I, I, I think it's not even about the loss. I think it's in the manner and how they lose. If they lose badly against Everton, like it's a two nail, three nail, and they showed nothing like nothing then I think the argument can be made for him to lose his job before the end of the year. But if they really just fight, because Jimmy, we talked about the fact that they need to be gritty, right? They need to be a little bit dirty. Let just get stuck in the trenches. Just, just get dirty. Don't, don't worry about the pretty patterns. Don't worry about the possession-based stuff. Just, just fight. And if you fight and you just lose, they might be, okay, fine. But I think in, in the manner of how they lose will be the biggest question mark, I think. All right, um, let's stay in the Premier League here. One more game because we got a Man City boy here. Southampton hosting Man City. This is a good game, Southampton. We've talked a lot about uh, the Saints. Ralph Hasenhunt has done such a ridiculous job. Uh, it was only just over a year where he got destroyed by Leicester City, 9 nothing. And look where they are now uh, against Man City, who, you know, 
um, are just being Man City, I guess. It's it's good. It's you know not amazing from their standards. They tied against West Brom. Uh, so they probably need something here from Pep Guardiola's standards. So you're thinking it's going to be quite a good game. What, what do we have here, Jimmy? So from a betting perspective, Southampton to win straight up at home is plus 550, which I thought, what? That's crazy value. Plus 370 for the draw, which I'm really leaning towards at the moment. But if you want to stay away from the results, I understand. And then minus 220 if uh, Man City wins. So for everybody that's kind of new to the wagering world, when it's a minus, you have to, you have to bet 220 to win 100 bucks, whereas the other opposite is you bet 100 to win the plus number, whatever it is. I, uh, the over is three and a half goals, um, or at least the line that I saw, plus 130 for over three and a half. I could see that happening. Mm. Uh, Dan- Danny Ings, who's been very good when he's healthy for Southampton, score anytime, plus 138. I think he will get a couple looks. Uh, James Ward-Prowse takes all their set pieces. He's been banging them in, plus 450 for him to score anytime. Theo Walcott, here's what I got in the trenches for you guys. Theo Walcott, at least one shot on goal. That's it. He just get one shot on goal plus 105. Now we've seen Woo! him miss, miss sitters before, but that was it. He just has to get a shot on goal plus 105. I like that. And then both teams to score, if you say no, it's plus 120. And I say that because I could see City, who've taken a really big point of emphasis on being better defensively this season, maybe limiting some of their attacking prowess that way. But I could see them getting a, a, a clean sheet in this in Southampton kind of being left for dead, but I can kind of, I, I, I like the draw. I just wanted to give you guys that one as a possibility. Cause you know that I'm looking for the good value and that, that I could see, you can make a strong narrative for that. I really, I think there's a one, one maybe in this one. I mean, Southampton have only lost once in their last 11 games. And that was to Manchester United at home and they were up two zero in cruising and then they couldn't handle Edinson Cavani. And I bring that up because Cavani made the difference. You have a, a, a pure number nine, that's up top and Southampton couldn't handle that. Well, Man City doesn't have a number nine like Edinson Cavani. Mm. They have a lot of false nines or if Aguero plays and he's starting to round into form or Jesus, I feel like they've seen enough of those teams that I think that back line can handle that a little bit better. I'm no, no disrespect to Jesus and Aguero. Those guys are amazing players, but, but Cavani was something different and Man United tried to roll out something similar to what we're going to see from City and they struggled until Cavani came on and then it changed everything. So because of that, I'm kind of seeing Southampton being able to hang in this game. Uh, so I like the draw a lot, plus 370. Well, this uh, Igor will know, Man City Igor will know this, that this exact, uh-huh. this exact fixture in July last season, Southampton won, won nothing. So, you know, that, that could happen again. So they're looking to do this, Southampton, back-to-back wins against Man City, uh, I think for the first time since 2013, I think. So, but, you know, different season. No, 2003. First time since 2003, my apologies. So how, how do you see this one, Igor? It's going to be tough. This is a very good Southampton side. Yeah, I mean, it's been frustrating to watch Man City recently. Um, when you outpass a team by 500, um, <laughs> like they did the last match, and, and you can't come away with a win. As a City fan, it's become it's becoming uh, increasingly frustrating to see them go back-to-back with draws um, um, in, in Premier League play. Um, I think Aguero is the key here. Um, is he fit? Um, when are we going to see a full 90 from Aguero? Are we ever going to see a full 90 from Aguero? 14 minutes last um, last time out. Didn't play in the Manchester Derby, 25 minutes in Champions League. Um, they clearly have issues scoring. Um, Jesus hasn't been cutting it, and they need something to remedy, remedy that. And Aguero seems like the obvious answer here. If he's fit, um, I, I expect him to play, and, and they, they, need, they need three points if they have any shot of keeping this title chase close and South for Southampton. I mean, they're, they're sitting above right now. Right. So this is, this is a massive, another one, like we talked about before uh, with, with the uh, festive fixtures where separate the pretenders from the contenders here. Um, this is, 
if Southampton can keep this going, um, who knows how, how close they're going to get to uh, securing a top four spot. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big game. Listen, I always like to speed up his name and it's really sad of me. So apologies. Ralph Hassenhuttel. I, sometimes I say too fast, uh, but he's done a great job. And I tell you what, uh, this is the kind of a position that Man City doesn't want sometimes because I think Southampton are also really good at containing the opposing creative midfielder. So if they shut down Kevin De Bruyne, you know, uh, they can make it easier for themselves. And to Jimmy's point, there's no real big threat up front. You know, they, they still need a healthy Agüero and, you know, but he's not the same uh, comparatively to other type of strikers. But okay, so what do we see here? What, what, what do you think, uh, Jimmy, in this one? Yeah, I'm going to go 1-1 one, one, and, and I'm looking at their results. I hadn't really taken that much of a dive, but the last, you know, the last four wins out of their five in the Premier League for Man City have been against Fulham, Burnley, Sheffield United and Arsenal, who are all near the bottom of the table. So, you know, everybody else, you know, United, they had a draw, you know, Tottenham, they lost 2-0, Liverpool, they drew, West Ham, they drew, Leeds, they drew, uh, they lost to Leicester, and they beat Wolves on the first day of the season, 3-1. to one. But outside of that, like, at, to Igor's point, I'd be frustrated too, that like, you're not getting what well, you expect. Well, given the amount of money they spend, I mean, but they are better defensively, which I think was a big point of emphasis. And maybe Pep has just swung too hard that way. That hasn't really unlocked them going forward. They're ninth. Igor, you're ninth. Man City's ninth. They need to get it together, I think. They they really do. And Southampton, 4-0-2 at home. Second best mark. I know the season's early. Second best Mm -hmm. mark in the Premier League. Um, All right, so what are you going here? Head over heart. What do you see? I can't pick against City. I think it's a smash and grab. It feels weird to even say smash and grab for City, but... (laughs) <laughs> one nothing here for city all right one nothing for city okay yeah what do you got i mean um well, well, why you, you so thinking why you thinking Luis? i just want to say we always wanted to, to see how pep can could handle managing a mid-table team and now we've got it you know so we'll see what, what's <laughs> uh listen i'm riding this southampton train still i think they're so good i think they're gonna win this one i think they're just they're, they're so well organized and uh, Jimmy, you, I think you brought up a really good point. I just, they, they, there's nothing up front that scares them. They don't have anything that they're facing that's like, you know, especially if Aguero's not 100% fit and uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus needs more from others to make sure that he, uh, you know, can, can at least become a, a threat. And I just think that this Southampton side is so well-equipped. They're probably a little bit annoyed that they tied against a 10-man arsenal. So they're probably going to go all out on this one. Southampton wins, and it's going to be 2-1. All right. When we come back, we move to the Bundesliga because there is a ridiculous game uh, with uh, title implications. Uh, Stay right here. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. 
Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are in the Bundesliga now. Uh, a huge game, Jimmy. Why don't you set it up? Huge game. So we got Bayer Leverkusen, who are undefeated. And on top of the Bundesliga table right now, they were excellent also in the Europa League, given their performances and how they've played. They're one of my favorites to win that competition. Now, obviously, it becomes a little bit of a juggling act to, to manage holding off Bayern Munich <laughs> in the Bundesliga, who are obviously uh, the best club in the world. And then you have the Europa League, where you have a whole bunch of people you're trying to hold off. And to do that all at once is, is tough. But they have some depth, and they do it all this without Kai Havertz, who they sold to Chelsea, which I think makes it even more impressive. What I love about Bayer Leverkusen is that they can hurt you in so many different ways. So I've got all their stats up, like Leon Bailey is scoring goals for fun. Uh, Lucas Delario has been excellent. Florian Verts, one of the best young players in the world, a 17-year-old, should be making a move. I'm sure he'll be the next Kai Havertz moving forward. Patrick Sheik uh, scoring goals. Musa Diaby has been excellent. Bella Rabi. Nadia Mamiri, if you guys haven't heard of him, 24-year-old midfielder is just – they're so good, these guys. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Demir Bai, where's the number 10? He's dropping assists. You got Lars Bender. They have so many, so many good players and, and they can hurt you. Like I kind of said, I think I explained Atalanta this way, where Atalanta is like really firing on all cylinders. They just come at you so many different ways. Who do you even defend? Where do you try to, you know, collapse and win the ball defensively? But Bayern Munich and also Atalanta at their peak, but Bayern Munich are also very similar, right? They can hurt you in so many different ways. They can overload and create numerical advantages in midfield or out wide or whatever it may be. That's why this game is going to be popping off. I don't, with all due respect to the Premier League and any other games that are going on this weekend, this, this is, is the one that you should circle on your calendar and watch because these are two most uh, high-scoring teams. So Bayern Leverkusen is the second highest-scoring team in the Bundesliga and the second best defense. And of course, Bayern Munich is the highest-scoring team. They've got the best player in the world with Robert Lewandowski. We'll see if that gives them a boost this weekend. Here are the odds on this, though: plus three fifty for Bayern to, to Leverkusen to, to win straight up, three plus three hundred for the draw, minus one thirty-five for Bayern Munich to win. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen haven't lost, by the way, haven't lost at home, obviously over three and a half goals. And I kind of like this one plus 100. I think there's some good value there. Bayern Munich with the win. However, I've learned some things, fellas. If you want to lose money, you bet against Bayern. That's like three certainties in life, death taxes, and should always bet with Bayern, but, uh, Bayern Munich to win both teams to score plus 145. So I don't know. Bayern haven't lost in two and a half months is what I have written here. Getting beat by Hoffenheim 4-1 at the end of September, but but that's their only loss in the league this season. It's, it's, it's a tough one to call, but there's some good value here if you want to find it. 
Some good value. And um, I think also one of the good things about the Bundesliga, mo most often than not, is that when you have two really good teams going against each other, it's almost always never going to be a stalemate. You're going to get mm -hmm. some goals here. And there's just too much uh, goal scoring power. I mean, listen, Bayer Leverkusen, I am such a fan. Like, I remember writing something about them years ago just because of like uh, their system and the way that they scout players and identify talent is super incredible. And, you know, now it kind of like, um, you know, uh, Philadelphia Union and MLS, like the fruits of their labor are kind of paying off. Leon sure. Bailey is so good. The Jamaican has basically like rediscovered his best form uh, recently, scoring or assisting in seven of Leverkusen's last nine league games. And then you got Lucas Aladio, uh, who's pushing for a start now that's fit. But now you're facing Bayern Munich, Igor. Robert Lewandowski, I mean, it's not just him, obviously. Uh, you, you know, Serge Gnabry, Thomas Muller, like, it's just too many. I just, I don't know what, what, what I'm thinking in this one, but how do you see this game, uh, Igor Melo? Goals, goals. Yeah. <laughs> goals, goals. I mean, it's not just Lewandowski, but they, he did bail them out last time out against Wolfsburg. They were down one nothing. He scored two goals, hit the 250 goal mark for his uh, career in the Bundesliga. Um, I, I, I see Bayern um, somehow squeaking this one out, probably like a three to two, four to three way. Um, but it, 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 I'm, I'm completely agreeing with you guys. This is the match to watch this weekend. There's a lot of title implications here. And if Leverkusen wants to create some distance between these two teams, this, this is the matchup here. They're at home. There's no better situation here for them to, to break this open. And we've been, I think we've all been dying to see someone break this open and really bring it to Bayern. And this is probably our best chance to see that. Yeah, uh, I'm a little annoyed that uh, Goretzka still heard anyone play. I feel like this would have been a good game for him as well. But there's just too much talent everywhere. All right, let's go with uh, some predictions here. Jimmy, what do you see? Yeah, this is tough. I'm with Igor. I think there is going to be a lot of goals. So I like the over three and a half plus 100. And then I also meant to bring up Bayer Leverkusen. All, if they win one of the halves, so if they just got to win, you know, score more goals in one half than Bayern. I don't know why I'm holding your hand. You guys went to school. Uh, plus 140. <laughs> For that to happen i like that value a lot i think leverkusen will win one of the halves so i like that bet a little bit it's in terms of an overall score man i think i'm gonna straddle the fence here i'm gonna say two two uh plus plus 300 there and and i i just don't think that this is going to be as easy Bayern munich haven't been playing particularly well they've given up the goal the first goal of any game six six straight games i don't know if that'll happen again but we can make a big argument if they give up a goal to wolfsburg they should definitely give one up to Bayer leverkusen so we could see that maybe it come from behind draw on that. There's probably some good value there too, but I'll say two, two. All right, Igor. Let's go three, two, uh, Bayern. Lever uh, Munich, sorry. <laughs> All right. So you're going for the Bayern Munich, uh, finally handing Bayern Leverkusen their first loss of the season. Uh, both of you uh, agreed. And as I agree, there'll be a lot of goals in this one. Oh, this is really hard, but That's I think, a tough one. listen, I, I'm going for the draw as well. And I think it's going to be a golf fest as well. So let's be fun. And I'll say it's three, three. Wow. And I feel like uh, Bayern, Bayern Leverkusen will be almost celebrating. And then Lewandowski will just get that point for them. Three all in this one, but it's going to be just like yeah. you said, a ridiculous game. Make sure that you watch it. It's at the same time as Everton Arsenal. So okay. Saturday, 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. So I know what Arsenal fans are doing. They're putting <laughs> the Arsenal game on their phone and they're going to watch this one on, on the bill. They the should. <laughs> Transfer targets. Transfer That's targets. right. That's right. There you go. There you go. All right. One more drop. And then we just basically a quick whip around around Europe. Stay right here. 
Welcome back, everybody. Finishing today's episode, our weekend preview, and it's a quick Europe whip around with Jimmy Conrad and Igor Melo. Let's go to La Liga. Barcelona, uh, who just beat Real Sociedad, facing Valencia. What do you see here, Jimmy? Yeah, I see a game where Barcelona is going to try to match Real Madrid, who have currently regained their form. I think Barcelona is doing the same. They beat Levante 1-0, just beat Real Sociedad. Probably the biggest boost and best performance they've had all season, 2-1, most recently midweek. Uh, I think they're going to beat Valencia. It's just a matter of how I can give you guys some value to do it. So I came up with a messy trifecta for you. Messi to score, Barcelona to win, both teams to score, which I think will happen. Valencia hasn't been, they've only been shut out, I think maybe once or twice this season, plus 220 for that to happen. Uh, Messi to score from outside the box. Do you think he's going to take a free kick? I think he's due for a free kick. That's plus 400. And then Messi to score, Barca to win either 2-0, 2-1, or 3-1. That's plus 400 as well. What? I think Messi's going to be up for, I, I know, they're amazing. They're amazing. So I gave you the Messi trifecta there. I like Barcelona. I think that Ronald Koeman, despite all the pressure and, and adversity that he's dealing with on a personal level as, as manager of this big club, I think he's maybe found the right formation. And I really like the performance against Real Sociedad. I thought his team actually played with some, some energy and some heart, you know, and I don't know if we've seen that consistently over 90 minutes, maybe 45 here, 15, 30 minutes there, but for 90 minutes, they were getting after it and really wanted to win. And they, and they did it. They did it. I wonder if we're going to see Yunus Musa in this one. Will he be available? That'll be kind of cool. Yunus Musa, Sergino Dest, a, a little bit of a, an American battle. Igor, Barcelona have only lost one of their last eight La Liga games against Valencia, losing the last one, uh, actually, but that was at the Mestalla in, in, uh, earlier this year in January. How do you see this one? I think they get the three points here. Um, they're finally getting their mojo back, um, like Jimmy said with Coleman, but um, what really sticks out to me is the stretch of games they have in La Liga before their Champions League matchup. Yeah. They got Valencia home, Valladolid away, Huesca away, Bilbao away, Granada away, Elche away, Bilbao home, Betis home, Alaves home. Like these are all winnable matches, mm -hmm. and, and and they have the path right now if they really if they really get to form to uh, just kind of turn things around and get back to the top of the table. If they if if they are really on form. So we'll see. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, if things go their way and, uh, you know, in, in terms of the table, they'll keep climbing and probably end up fourth as well as they look ahead to, you know, look up and try and catch up Real Madrid, uh, La Real, Real Sociedad and Atletico Madrid. All right, let's go to Italy. Serie A, super fun these days. Uh, what do we have, Jimmy, this weekend from Serie A? Yeah, for me, the two sexiest matchups, if I'm allowed to say that, are Atalanta hosting Roma and then uh, Lazio taking on Napoli. Wait, you I said really... sexy, but you, you didn't mention Sassuolo. So I'm, I I'm didn't. Not... I know I didn't. They put Nobody puts the sass in Sassuolo like Sassuolo. <laughs> it's my bad, bad, bad joke. I appreciate the sympathy laugh. But I mean, that's good. <laughs> so I didn't really look at the Atalanta Roma one. I, you know, I'm a big Papa Gomez fan. If he plays, I think Atalanta will get the business, uh, will do the business, excuse me. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Roma supporter. So, you know, I'm hoping that I'm reverse jinxing and Roma's going to do uh, what I expect them to do, which is ah, quietly win. But, uh, you know, who knows in that game? This, the Atalanta is so Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know which version of them is going to show up. But they did have a good result against Juve and Turin 1-1 uh, midweek. So I'm looking at Lazio Napoli. Inter Milan beat Napoli 1-0. Dries Mertens got a red card, or excuse me, Insignia got a red card. Dries Mertens got hurt. He probably won't play in this one. Uh, Victor Hosemian probably won't play as well. So they're really going to be lacking, I think, uh, just with attacking personnel. And then they've been giving up a lot of goals, Napoli. Um, but so if you want Lazio to win straight up at home, plus 185, I, I think that's pretty good value. The draw is plus 230. 
if you do somehow think Napoli's going to score some goals without a couple of their key players up top, that's plus 150. But I really like both teams to score. Lazio to win plus 400. Uh, but my only issue is if Napoli comes out knowing they don't have some of their top attacking players, maybe they'll be ultra defensive, maybe look for that 0-0, so maybe both teams won't score. So the safer play might just be Lazio straight up. They got Chiro, the hero, Mobley. That guy scored 10 goals in his last 11 games. I mean, he is something special. He's so ridiculous. Yeah, so their defending's not great, but I think they'll outlast Napoli, and, and Napoli might get one on a set piece or something, but I could see Lazio winning straight up. Yeah, by the way, Papu Gomez has his bags packed already. He's, <laughs> he does. He's, gone. You know, he's, he's, gone. Already, he's done. He's done. He's the done. question is, oh, my goodness, will he stay in Italy, go to Europe somewhere else, or go to <gasps> MLS? Can you imagine Papu Gomez in MLS? How cool would that be, huh? That would be we'll, sick. We will see if that happens. Listen, Igor, we haven't – it's your first time here. I, w- I wanted your opinion on Serie A. Like, AC Milan doing their thing, but, you know, they, they've drawn the last two games, I believe, Inter Milan, despite the fact that they're not playing in Europe – um, for the rest of the year, they, they're still trying to catch and get that Scudetto again. Uh, who, who do you see winning it, do you think? I think the fact that Inter Milan is no longer involved in European competitions gives them the edge here to uh, to climb um, in Serie A while everyone's busy playing these midweek matches. This, uh, this, is, this is all for Conte right now. Um, and if he doesn't come away with, with you know... Something. Yeah. Something. you got to come away with some hardware here. Um, then he might be in trouble, but... Um, I think this is Inter Milan. Um, they're, 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 to me, the favorite right now to uh, take over. That would be very cool if they did that, uh, especially because their third kid is so reminiscent back when oh. uh, Ronaldo played. It phenomenal. That's why I want to see it. Uh, listen, before we go, we got to talk about the CONCACAF Champions League for a second because the semifinals are, are, are this weekend. And, you know, Tigres against Olympia. Well done to Olympia, by the way. And uh, LAFC the lone remaining MLS club against Club America. Uh, Jimmy, real quick, like, uh, w- what do you see here? Who do you think? Uh, is it an all-Liga MX final? Uh, do you see LAFC maybe uh, doing something here? How do you see it? Well, I think Tigres is going to take care of Olympia with all due respect to the Honduran side. I think this is their ceiling, and now they're going to run into some over two legs in particular, right? Tigres, maybe you can you could pip them in one leg. Maybe you could, you know, do the miraculous and, you know, try to do a Mourinho style, sit back and try to hit them on the counter or a set piece. But I think Tigres has just got too much class, too much quality. They showed it against NYCFC and, and I think they'll show it against Olympia. So that's one finalist. Then the other one, I don't know. I, you know, I know Bob Bradley very well. I think his teams will be very organized. My only concern with LAFC is their defense. They were not good in the regular season. They were not good in the MLS's back tournament. They leak a lot of goals. If, if Diego Rossi is, a, is healthy, if Carlos Vela started, he looks like he's rounded into form, Mr. Charlie Candle himself, then, then they always have a chance if those two guys are, are feeling lively. But if they can't protect that back four, if that back four doesn't show up over two legs against Club America, it's going to be tough. And I, I suspect that, that it's going to be an all-Mexican League final again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Walker Zimmerman leaving LAFC was really uh, yeah. bad for LAFC. And by the way, with Tigres, all you need is Gignac. He'll just like eat yeah. you alive. God, I love yeah. him so much. Igor, what do you see in this one? Uh, can, can we see an MLS team in the final? God, I want to so bad, but the, the, the cards aren't there for them, I don't think, um, especially with the season being over and, and just not, you know, you know, these guys are, are, are ready to go and, and, and LAFC, you want to see the win, but 
there's so many uncertainties there. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, maybe next year. I feel like we keep saying this every year. You know? <laughs> there's always next year, but I Igor broken record mellow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just tough, especially, I mean, Club America ain't no joke. Right. So I don't know. It's going to be hard. I see an old league MX final, unfortunately in this one, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, regardless, it should be a fun one. And the final is next week. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for joining us. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Uh, thank you for having me as always. Hope everybody enjoyed that. And I hope you guys win a bunch of money this weekend and you're welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Messi, Barcelona, and both teams who score 3-1, I'm taking that to the bank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Igor Mello, thank you so much, brother. First time, but definitely not the last. Don't you worry. Fellas, it was a pleasure. Uh, really appreciate being on with you guys. Yeah, Southampton's winning today, I, th I think, on the weekend. So it's <laughs> Thank you so much, boys. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Igor Mello for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. And please drop a rating and review. They really help us to grow this show. We're also on Spotify, on Stitcher, and, of course, on CBSSports.com. Have a great day and enjoy the weekend of matches. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? Bella. 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 